0: ladles and jelly spoons. Welcome to Truth, Love, and Peace. I am joined today by Mr. Jason Simmons. Simons. Simons? That's a a good thing for me to start on. Just fuck something up right out the gate. That's about (laughs) right. That's all good. That's about right. Now, thank you for correcting me. That's actually
1: why my stage name is Jason Diamonds, because no one's going to fuck up Diamonds.
0: That's very true. That's very true. I'm trying to figure out where I want this cable to go. Fair enough. I thought I had a plan... And it's trying to get in my coffee. And that's what I keep having to be like, no, you are not invading my coffee, you stupid little wire. It's trying to be trying to be skitsy. All right, okay, there we go. The coffee is safe. So Jason Simons, Mea Copa for uh, for messing up your name. It's good to see you, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's good to see you. Sorry, my OCD gets a little wild sometimes, uh, but there you have it. I want to be able to see this meter, so I'm going to do this too. Yeah, here we go. What you gotta do. Always arranging stuff. Yeah, uh, so it looks like there is audio on the live stream. We're recording stuff. Yada, yada, yada. Not that anybody's watching us. Doesn't matter. Get my hand out of your face. All right. See, look, there we are. Cool. Ta da. Hey, whoever that one viewer is, if, uh, if you get a chance, shout out if the audio is sounding good. Um, so, here we are. I know you, and uh, we met through the stand-up comedy scene. I'm just checking meters, that's why I'm not actually looking at you. But um, we met at Back Porch Comedy, and you do some magic, which is awesome. Because I love, I've always enjoyed magic, but I don't have the patience to learn it. So I'm very curious about that. Um, this whole podcast situation is called Truth, Love, and Peace because I like hearing people's story. And so I know what my truth, love, and peace is. But the, the reason I like hearing people's stories, and these are the fallback questions. If you ever get stuck and don't know where to go, we always fall back to uh, what's your truth, where's your peace, and what do you love? It's pretty simple. Uh, but like I said stories so your story are you originally from Penn's College you grew up around here
1: no I uh I grew up in in D.C. Washington D.C. in northern Virginia actually Oh, okay.
0: so I had but, no idea cool
1: but uh, I'd actually get shipped down to Mobile every summer because my grandparents were in Daphne oh yeah and instead of paying for daycare my parents would just put us on a put my brother and I on a plane and fly us to mobile and we'd spend all summer in mobile and then fly back so <laughs> i kind of was around here like i remember when gulf shores didn't have condominiums it was just trailer parks yeah
0: yeah so uh by speaker um so when when about was that uh that I, would have been the 80s yeah i grew up in the 80s in the 80s yeah, yeah. i don't want to age you uh, uh i don't care i 45 next week fuck okay, yeah man I'm 38 I'm not far behind you <clears throat> learning to love it uh let's I see people hanging out thanks for hanging out um if you can hear me type yes if you're if you're watching this right now you'll make me feel better you'll help my OCD anyway I've been in
1: Pensacola since yeah. about 2000 since about 2000 yeah so for a while man doesn't so, seem like that long. but
0: what do you do when you're you're not doing magic and telling jokes? or when did you start telling jokes and doing magic?
1: Uh, well, I st- started doing magic on my honeymoon like well, we that's when a, you
0: decided to be funny. No that's, that's when, when I started to to learning how to do
1: magic yeah. It was a yeah. Uh, How did that come to be? We went on a cruise out of New Orleans and there was a little magic shop in New Orleans that we hit before we got on the cruise. I think
0: everybody's been there, yeah. And
1: yeah. I bought a bunch of little toys and took them on the cruise and got bit by the magic bug on my honeymoon and
0: That is not what you're supposed to get bit by and on when your I, honeymoon, oh, Jason.
1: Well, I, you know, <laughs> There were other things going on, but you...
0: You have to breathe sooner or later, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. There's always that 15 minutes yeah, in between. What are you going to do? Why not magic? Exactly. So you learned your first tricks on your honeymoon.
1: Mm-hmm. What did your I, wife think of that? Oh, she loved it. You know? Good. She thought it was fun stuff.
0: That's This is good. I was going to say, did you ruin your marriage right then and there? But no, she's an awesome woman, and she's... Yeah. ...supported the magic.
1: Yeah, she supported it, and she she's picked a lot of cards you know <laughs>
0: that's so true yeah yeah oh, man very cool so what and if I could pick your brain real tight real hard what in that moment do you remember like seeing somebody like was it Houdini or, or what made you think hey, you know I'll learn some magic
1: uh, well they have a guy out there doing tricks and he you know he does a trick and tries to catch you to come in then he shows you the trick you so know. this was
0: pure spontaneity
1: yeah and it was that's uh, great it was it was always something i you know thought was cool as yeah. a kid and stuff and it was just like yeah i want to buy this crap
0: so do you remember which ones they were
1: yeah yeah i got a, like a, a a coin trick and i got like a, like two card tricks and uh
0: that's awesome yeah
1: that's I actually cool. have the coin trick here. I could, I could do it if you... It's, it's up to you.
0: you yeah, I'm not mind. going to ask you to do anything on camera that uh, that you don't you don't want to do. I have great respect for...
1: No, no, I don't mind.
0: For the magic. I
1: wouldn't offer to do it if I couldn't do it on camera, you know.
0: I understand. Let's see here. I understand. It is a dimly lit car, so that, that helps. Oh shit. There it is.
1: All right. I've got a, uh, a half dollar. Uh-huh and a mexican centavo okay it's like a one cent piece in mexico right right you should not, see their quarters they're the size of dinner plates
0: it's <laughs> not worth the coin it's made on
1: here hold out your hand now watch this i put the the centavo there right and we put the half dollar there right and if i just give it a little squeeze look do you feel that
0: yeah i did
1: look it went through you bastard how'd you do it that went through your hand you isn't Isn't that magic crazy man. You little magic. magic? Man. Yeah, I got that one there.
0: So that was one of the that first was... magic tricks you ever did.
1: That, yeah, it was one of the first ones I learned. And, uh, that's great. It was awesome.
0: Yeah. That's great. I never had the patience for the repetition necessary to get the skills right uh, to learn it. So that's that's awesome because well, course, that was the problem
1: when I, yeah. all the stuff I got was all gimmick stuff, you uh-huh. know, and. And like the card deck, like I got a deck of cards and, you know, I could do tricks with it. But if you, you know, if you said, give me that deck of cards, I'd be like, oh, no, you can't have this deck of cards. <laughs> so, when I, you know, you know, I did that for a couple of people and I realized, shit, I got to learn how to do sleight of hand if I want to be able to use like, you know, any deck of cards. And so then I focused, I went down that path and that was like, a, that was pretty fun.
0: Yeah. What what was that like?
1: Uh, It was a lot of reading and a really? lot of, uh, yeah, there's, you know. There's books date on card magic that go all the way back to, like, like 1684, I think it was the first one. It was, like, the discovery of witchcraft. Fascinating. And, uh, but, you know, in the early 1900s, there was a bunch of books on, like, card cheating, and, mm-hmm. and all of... Well, actually, there was one book on card cheating, and, and it had, uh, it also had a little thing at the back with magic tricks you could do. So, uh... So I went to like that those type of books and uh, hmm. and and then I also uh, joined the Magic Club here in Pensacola, the uh, Gulf, Co- Gulf Coast Gulf Magic Coast Magicians Guild. Yeah. yeah, the
0: Gulf Coast Magicians Guild. Guild.
1: Yes, sir. And uh,
0: sounds like things I need to be doing. Wonderful.
1: They've been around for a, a, a long time. Uh, they when when I first got there, there was probably like fifty people involved. Now it's it's probably about about 15 people
0: but hey i'm glad they're still doing it though yeah, that's great yeah,
1: we still we still keep going but they would bring lecturers and like other magicians and these guys yeah. would come in and teach their tricks and teach you
0: if anybody wanted to find that what's the easiest way to catch up with those guys just google pensacola magicians dot uh, com.
1: Guild? Guild. okay cool. and, I, and i think they're on a they have a facebook page too awesome awesome
0: yeah. i will definitely be looking into that that's that's cool, cool. so hell yeah man yeah,
1: yeah. just a more of a plug they do they meet the third thursday of every month
0: so third thursday of every month
1: at the bayview senior center over yeah. it, there's like a little dog park there it's like at 20th and lloyd
0: nice for those of you watching on youtube wondering what the hell i'm doing it's a, getting comfortable don't mind me <laughs> oh, i have bad habits of slouching a whole other thing anyway um third thursday of every month and it's thursday and i feel like we should plug cordova lane since we're on thursday because we're at cordova lanes we're at shooters we're here early on a thursday night because matt mosley runs the longest standing open mic in pensacola and we all love matt mosley and the shooters open mic sorry yeah this was my first open mic was it here at really yeah. what was that like it was
1: uh Couple, it was like card trick for like three people in the bar and like Jason Switzer and Matt Mosley and uh, Jason Switzer was like hey where's the jokes because all I did was magic at that time <laughs> but uh, that's how I got into the comedy scene here it was uh, well it was it was mostly you know after doing tricks for my wife after a while I had to do tricks for people yeah and you know You know, that old adage, you never show someone the same trick twice or whatever. It's not really quite that way, but... I didn't know that was
0: an adage. Tell me about that.
1: Oh, that's like a magician thing, you know? There's a
0: magician's code that says don't show people the trick more than once?
1: Yeah, because they might... You know, the first time is entertainment. The second time, it's a lesson. Ah,
0: okay. That makes sense. I get that.
1: So, the the first time, people are like, ooh. And the second time, they're like, I'm going to get you. You know what I mean?
0: And they're watching for it.
1: But, uh... But you know, I, I burned through like I had people at work I would do tricks for, and I had my wife, I'd do tricks for, but I needed like a real audience. And so I started doing street magic at gallery night. and then, yeah. I, and then somebody suggested I I look into the open mics, so I started doing the open mics also. So,
0: and I'm glad you did because I
1: enjoy watching your, your stand up. Yeah, it's a lot magic of fun comedy. It's good. Yeah, Jason Switzer is the one that like. You gotta get jokes in there. You gotta get the jokes. Well, so it, that's what it I've helps. been trying
0: to uh, trying to make it funny. With the comedy audience, they like hearing some punchlines, so that makes makes everybody happy for sure. Um, yeah. So, but I want to double back. You mentioned the magic history and all of the books behind magic history. I'm familiar a little bit with that because. Uh, of a guy by the name of Ricky J. Oh yeah. Are you? Have you seen his documentary? Um,
1: I've seen a couple of his his, his shows. Well, I've seen a um, a video of his show, the the Fifty Two Cards.
0: Yes. What is it? Uh, Ricky J and his Fifty Two Assistants. Yeah, exactly. That's what, it. What's the, the Broadway show? I can't remember the director's name at the moment, but that was a that was amazing. A doozy of a show. Yeah. yeah. Is that that's the one where at the end he's in what looks like a little library on stage. Yeah. Looks like a a little study of some sort. That's really neat. Uh, My favorite favorite illusion that he ever did was the napkin into a moth. Have you seen that one? No, I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's really neat. Yeah, it's a really neat one. So Ricky Jay, I saw his documentary and he did a really good job in his documentary of talking about how he's collected all of this art history that goes along with magic and the magic art the posters and all that oh, yeah. stuff. and so he was very informative that was my first entree into into that thing but he's someone that as a fan of magicians I look up to that guy especially because of all the information I got from his documentary do you have people in magic that you think fondly of oh yeah aside from Ricky J there's or a lot
1: of uh, magi- yeah there's there's a magician named Pop Hayden Bob Hayden, no Pop Hayden,
0: Pop Hayden, okay.
1: His his he was going by Whit Hayden and uh like about 10 years ago he re- he reinvented himself because he was entering old age and you it know gray tawn. hair. Yeah. And one of his mentors had told him that, you know, you, you know, you you reinvent your you know, when you get to a certain age you have to reinvent yourself because, mm-hmm. you know, the jokes you were using as a you know or, you know your pattern and everything just doesn't work for an old man that it sure. worked you know when you were younger so he invented this pop hayden character and you know he has he's got like a deep southern drawl with it and he doesn't have a draw if you talk to him normally and all that so he, he like goes into like full character he's you know he they they there's another uh, robert houdin from france uh, really. He's a French magician he was uh, from the 1800s and he's the one that got magicians wearing tuxedos instead of wearing like mm. robes and, and like cone hats His, his idea was you know we, let's wear what everybody you know the you know what a, a gentleman would wear in, in the evening in, in like late 1800s in France and uh, he he had this saying that a conjurer or a magician is just an actor playing the part of a conjurer You know, I'm probably butchering all these quotes, but uh, no, that's
0: quite all right. You're doing way better than I would because I don't know any of them.
1: But but Pop, you know, he—that's what he lives by. You know, so he created this character, and he, you know, and and just like when he gets on stage, he just lives that character, and and it's awesome,
0: man. Kind of like Larry the Cable Guy, but with magic.
1: Yeah. Well, no, not exactly. It's his character is that he's an 18th century um, like con man that built a teleportation device and teleported into the 21st century. So, so like, all right. <laughs> so, you know, he's from like the soapy sales era and the, you, nice. you know, the, the you, you know, he, he actually went up to Alaska and got pictures taken in like this Alaska town that, you know, has that you know, celebrates soapy and, and the Klondike gold rush and all that. But, uh, He's one of my favorite magicians. I love all of the all the magic that that guy puts out. And uh, another guy that I love is uh, uh his name is Steve Reynolds. He's a friend of mine that I met in New Orleans and he's oh, you wouldn't have heard, heard of him. him. He's he's uh he 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 writes magic books. So only magicians have really heard of him and he's he's done some trade shows for like corporate people. Mhm. So he he doesn't have he doesn't have any television shows, but he's an awesome card worker. I mean, he is just amazing.
0: What's his name again?
1: Steve Reynolds.
0: Steve Reynolds.
1: SteveReynoldsMagic.com.
0: SteveReynoldsMagic.com. Hell yeah, man!
1: And uh, he did street magic, and he, yeah. he he helped. And like when I was when I was doing this when I started doing the street magic, I was reaching out to him because he does street magic in New Orleans over off. off you know.
0: Those guys are no slouches across, from man. like
1: Cafe Dumont and all that. So you know, that's he,
0: big time. Those tourists expect some fancy shit.
1: Yeah, I'm just a little part timer. I'm a weekend warrior, and these guys yeah. are doing it like every day. So yeah, make a living doing that. He he tries to. You well, know, he he does it
0: mostly to like keeps chops up and shit. Yeah, or? get
1: his chops up. If he has a trick that he wants to, you know.
0: Perfect. That's yes. his repetition. That's yeah. his practice. He can
1: just go over and do that trick. You know, that's the beauty about street magic is that <sighs> I can f- I can do a, like a three trick set and just flip that set and do that same set ten times in one night and uh, it's a lot of good practice. You know, very, just very sneaky. You know, it's like three. You know, it's like ten shows. You I know? wish
0: I could tell the same three jokes over and over and over and get away with that ten times a night. The uh, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could do that ten times. And you know, I can
1: do it like once a once a month at gallery nights. Like, I tried going to the Saturday um, things, the Saturday thing on Uh oh, What is that? That farmers market thing. And my buddy and I, we set up and we didn't make any money, but we we did it there, and it was just hot on a Saturday. I
0: don't, you know, I don't at like gallery
1: that. night, it's nice because you know it's evening and. The sun's gone down. It's not dark. down on you. And, uh...
0: Yeah, I don't like the heat. Well, like you're in the wrong... I know. I wonder <laughs> why I moved back down here. You know, I, I don't grew up it. in the south. But yeah. I'm not sure I'm destined to die in the south.
1: My problem with the with it is, like, I like to wear a suit when I perform these days. Mm. And, uh... You it's, gotta get over that It's brutal Oh yeah I, <laughs> When I do street magic I have like A short sleeve shirt And a vest And shorts now You know I don't
0: I love my blazer too But it spends more time Hanging in the summer Than it does in Oh,
1: definitely me.
0: I bring it with me And I'm like Oh yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna do the, You know On stage Respect the stage Respect the microphone Yeah no 90 degrees Sorry I love you microphone But mm, I'll do it inside happy. You know If the AC's on I, uh, no, I can't even.
1: So I've got. It. I need all the pockets.
0: Well, it's a different thing. Yeah, it's a different thing. <laughs> this
1: is like your kilt. This is my. Uh,
0: right, right. You just need a lighter weight jacket. That's what it is. I've got kilts that are like bathing suits. Oh yeah. You need a bathing suit blazer. Blade. I actually I saw this so short sleeve shirt
1: limb. blazer. It was like it was like a <laughs> blazer, with short sleeves. And my kids are like, you should get that. You I'm
0: like, definitely should have one of those. <laughs> I would love to see you in one of those. That's the perfect Florida comedian <laughs> accessory, I think, is the magician's Florida blazer. Because it's a vest with short sleeves. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to have one so bad. Uh, uh, Matt Mosley just got here. Hey, Matt. I can't, how can you see uh, it? Just, okay my contacts aren't that old yet. I don't know, well, you're looking through Yeah. more window haze than I am. That and I know what to look for. But, case okay, sure. Oh man, magic is, is awesome. So I gotta ask, what do you think of, uh, since I don't get to sit down with musicians very often, what do you think of David Blaine and Chris Angel and all those guys? Um, do you have an opinion on any of them or does it matter
1: well I think David Blaine does great magic when when he does magic Mm -hmm. and uh, and his his performing style is not for me yeah but uh, I think he helped you know rekindle a big love for magic with a lot of people with his uh, street magic specials in the 90s
0: I think that's very true and uh,
1: Chris Angel's the same way you know now in the magic community Chris early on would get like a bad rap for like using stooges and stuff oh really but uh a lot of plants huh but I, I you know I probably I, I don't know much about that now Was well, the rumor it's that the hearsay now. but uh
0: the grapevine
1: but I've I you know it's magic on tv it's good to you know it's good for our it's good for us, really. I love Penn and Teller Fool Us. That's my favorite show on Yeah. Magic on TV right now. I
0: love that you say Penn and Teller. That's I love Penn and Teller too. I've been yeah, Penn I and Teller could. fans for a really long time. Me too. I was so amazed at how how well Teller could keep up the mute act. Oh yeah. Just the dedication as as a kid, it because I grew up watching it And so year after year after year It was something that grew up with me And I was just like This is amazing Well
1: he doesn't so, yeah. You know When he gets off stage hmm. He'll talk You know Oh well, yeah I know But but, it's, it's but like, in public
0: like On camera and everything Exactly Yeah like I Although there was one me.
1: fool us that, And it cracked my ass up Because uh, the, They have that British guy I forget his name And he's like Do you ever Just get so You know you know get so anxious that you just can't say anything and then Teller goes oh fuck no <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's great yeah those guys are are hilarious man yeah wonderful wonderful duo um just thinking back at at some of the the spectacles they've put together you know that they're really fun to watch oh yeah fun to watch and Penn Penn's a character on and off the stage I love listening to his his rants and his opinions oh yeah I love this show Bullshit
1: I don't know if you ever checked that one yeah that's
0: one of the things I was thinking of because I think one of the reasons is that magicians and comedians fall in into some of the same categories where to be good at what we do is to strip away the bullshit and so there's a lot of common ground there like on some level there has to be I think uh everybody knows from a comedian the turn is coming. Like there will be a prestige and there will be a reveal. And so the the term there's a lot of terminology that's the same. I feel like. Yeah. But that's from the comedian's side, not the magician's side. I don't know I don't know if, if that looks the same to you. I
1: don't know the comedian terminology really. It's I'm
0: you just get up there and make people laugh anyway. I'm
1: I'm relatively new to it and uh I actually reached out, like, the person that told me that, told me about it, her name's Alicia Wood, she's a, uh, she's a stand-up comedian in Seattle, I think, right now, she was working in California, and she put me in touch with a guy named Eric Tate, who's Mm -hmm. a comedian in, uh, Columbus, Ohio, he's Mm -hmm. also a magician, and, um, he's the one that suggested I check out the open mic scene, Mm -hmm. and, uh... He he actually is doing really well. He was just on uh, Penn and Teller's Fool Us recently, so oh, he's amazing. he's doing pretty good for himself. And he also won like a um, a magician award at, at the International Brotherhood of Magicians convention in July. Wow. So he's he's pretty he, he his show or is called Slide a Beard. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm a big uh, I've fan never of beard. seen it, but uh, yeah, a big I, I want to see the beard. It. He also had another show called
1: Please Shuffle the Cards, which, you know, which is pretty bold to make a whole show on cards if that's what he did. Because it's hard to make card tricks entertaining. It's the, uh, it's the holy grail. Yeah. Just to make it really entertaining. Which I guess
0: that's why Ricky Jay is so revered is because he's (laughs) someone that can do that. Yeah. Interesting. So I have to ask. Uh, have you been to the Magic Castle, or do you have plans to go before you it's die? It's on my bucket list. Yes. yes. It's nice. on my bucket I haven't
1: <laughs> made it out there yet, but it's there. Well,
0: I want to go with you when you go. <laughs> <laughs> Please take me with you. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't want to dwell on, on, on the Magic too long. Something I did want to, to bring up, um, try and include something positive all the time, and if there's something... Oh. Something you want to plug But the public service announcement Let me press this button Before we do that. Is this Is like a, a pause or something? Yeah It's just The camera records In 30 minute segments um, But You have In common With The My partner in Stinger's comedy Emily Dillon uh, A very Rare Form of
1: um, We both have leukemia Leukemia
0: yeah. Seth, that's what it was. I didn't want to stumble out the there. That's wrong all good. Word. Yeah,
1: we both but, have leukemia, and we're both. Uh, she has CML, I believe, mm-hmm. and I have ALL. But we're both have this chromosome, the Philadelphia chromosome,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, it's something that caused our leukemia. I don't, I don't ex- understand it exactly. I was diagnosed last St. Patrick's Day, like 2017, and I spent last year. Or, you know, I got diagnosed, got admitted to the hospital, started chemo, and spent, like, the next 23 days in the hospital, and then they told me that I would need stem cells because I had that Philadelphia chromosome, and uh, they don't do those in Pensacola. I'd have to go to, uh...
0: Look, say hey to William.
1: Hey, William Tucker. How are you, sir? You got a dollar, man. I need a dollar. Where's my
0: money? (laughs) Did you give me a buck? No I didn't a drink oh, I got no money Can not borrow this vehicle? You can have all of it if you want to be on the podcast
1: Oh uh, is, is that a government Did you get a government cast?
0: I got, I got all kind of government Does Government
1: play with my brain baby You don't even know I need a
0: drink Okay we'll send the government in to finger your brain soon Are you guys broadcasting right now? Yeah we yeah. are <laughs> yeah. Wave it, everybody. Say hey. All right. All right. Hey, special guest. William E. Tucker, everybody. Yeah, you can. You can keep that. You can keep that. Oh, good, because we don't edit on this podcast.
1: <laughs> all right. I, I sorry to interrupt you. Keep the magic alive, my man. It's all good. I'll see you
0: soon. Thanks, yeah. William. That's one of the reasons that I have an under the radar, kit. is because nobody knows what's going on. We. <laughs> I'm pretty sure William saw us on on here and knew what was going on, but uh, it is one of the reasons that it, I I like having incognito stuff because we can fly under the radar if if we if, need to. We, if we need to. Um, but yeah, so sorry that got got us off track. You so I had to go to Houston
1: to get my treatment.
0: That's what I was gonna say. And like, I spent
1: nine months in Houston last year. Yeah, getting treatment. And it was.
0: Uh, that's got to be crazy having something that's rare. That's.
1: Yeah, it was it. Well, it was rare, and they said the ALL is normally a children's form of leukemia. It's it's rare in a forty-five year old man. you know.
0: What's it like standing around all these people that are paid to think they're professionally uber intelligent that don't know what the fuck's going on? Uh.
1: Well, here in Pensacola, it was kind of weird because like when, once I told the doctor I was going to Houston for the rest of my treatment it was like she had just washed her hands at I me. Mean, it was kind of she would try to talk me out of going to Houston what? because she said I could do the same treatment and then just go when I needed the stem cells which was like nine months later but when I talked to a, a doctor in my family that's a cousin he was saying I need to do the treatment you know I needed he said it's best to do all the treatment in one place mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. like where you're getting your stem cells you want to go ahead and do your treatment there and so, I, I made the, I made the decision like, to to go once I found I'd, I'd have you know I'd need the stem cells and after I talked to him and and she was like okay you know I'm gonna get yeah. you out of here and get you uh, you know fucking Pontius So Pilate I didn't go back shit. to I didn't go back to Baptist. That I, I did that at Baptist. So now I go to Sacred Heart. But uh, oh, I went boy. to MD Anderson in Houston and they took care of me. It was it was pretty rough. I didn't have to do any more three-week stays, but I did do a like. It would usually be about a week stay, wow. and then there was a couple of times where I would end up with what they call a neutropenic fever, and uh, well, the What's way the way the chemo, well, the way the leukemia works is it's a blood cancer, mm-hmm. and my my white blood cells and my platelets aren't getting made correctly or aren't being made. And as a matter of fact, when I got diagnosed, they told me I had like eleven white blood cells and like thirteen platelets. And a normal person your whole body. Yeah, that was it. That was yeah. And so that was like, you know, way below you know, that was critically low, you know, how why are you still standing in front of me is what the lady said, you know. Wow. And uh so what the chemo does is it kills all the all of that and then I'm, in, I'm basically in, like my immune system is shot at that point. Right. And then my immune system would recover, and then they would do it all over again. They would they would hit it again with another batch of chemo, like every month. So I would like get a week of chemo, spend the next three weeks recovering, and then blam, do it all over again. And I did that. Uh, I came home in November and started the maintenance chemo and it's not nearly as intensive i don't have to it's all outpatient so that's but uh the back porch comedy guys actually threw a little um thing for me uh sorry i got chemo brain right now i just had chemo last week oh man so um jeez they they had a and uh, it was the first time my wife had actually got to go to go to the show i think i was there for that yeah yeah, Matt Williams was, I think, the headliner, and DK was there, and Tony Burkett was there, and I got to hear like some of the some of it because Matt Williams recorded um, some I of it and sent me a copy of it.
0: Do you remember that? I was there for that. So that
1: was uh, that was a lot of fun, and uh, so I've got a special place in my heart for everybody in Pensacola and that's cool, uh, Mobile comedy scene,
0: man. Oh, me too, man. I uh, that's where I got my start, back porch. Uh, Olivia Searcy was hosting the open mic my first night up and happened because she was hosting she was taking pictures of everybody got a picture of me it was serendipitous the first time up had a picture it was it was a wonderful thing it's awesome Carolyn Richards Carolyn Richards yeah it's one uh, it's a family it's, yeah. yeah she sent you some hearts on there cool glad you can hear us Carolyn thanks for watching yeah my she uh she's my dad's
1: cousin oh cool and he he actually went over there with me because my wife and kid well my kids were in school and my wife stayed you know stayed home and got them through the school year and wow that must have been so tough so he went and spent you know that well most of that nine months with me
0: that must so, have been really tough.
1: He he swapped out with my wife for a couple months in the summer. Yeah, like he and my parent, he and my mom took the took the kids and did the grandparents with the kids for like two months. And wow! My wife got to go to Houston and
0: well, this you mentioned stem cell as part of the therapy. And oh, I know there are a couple of different versions of that. I actually, what did that look like for you
1: did not need the stem cells. That was the other neat thing when I got to. MD Anderson, mm-hmm. I went and met with the guy and he said, yeah, normally we would give you stem cells, but we have a clinical trial going on. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be part of the clinical trial, you know, we're seeing a better survival rate without a stem cell, mm-hmm. you know, with this pill. So I have to take this pill for the rest of my life, but- No stem cells. But no stem cells. And if things go mm-hmm. sideways, I can always try the stem cells. Cause I guess that can happen. But right now I'm in remission, so yeah. Congratulations! Yeah,
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Heck yeah.
1: Yep. I, I go I have to go to Houston every ninety days right now, which is kind of a pain. But
0: yeah, he's dying. Do, do you <laughs> do some magic and some comedy while you're out there? It's a good chance to get in front of a fresh crowd.
1: Um, I haven't done comedy yet. I have like. I've, I've met a bunch of magicians out there, though. They've got say, a really
0: good magic community. If you're going to get drug out there, you should definitely go visit. <laughs> Make the most of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, before we wander in here to Shooters uh, to see Matt and William, is there anything that, that I haven't really touched on? I mean, I definitely want you to get the plugs in for people that that um, or if you have uh, networks yeah. or all that good stuff that have, have been helpful for you, that you want to share with people, by all means, that's what this is all about—is sharing information. So feel free. But other than that, philosophy is a big part of part of this whole thing. So one of the things I'm curious about anybody that has that it's forced to deal with their own mortality, um, I think I think that's different than most people. Not everybody has to. to have that conversation in a very real way. Like, I had a near-death experience. I was run over by a flatbed trailer. So ended up in the hospital and all kinds of not fun stuff. Mm. Um, and that had a big impact on my life, being... I was 13 at the time. So kind of changes the way you see shit. <laughs> yeah, it does. So do you have any thoughts similar to that or along those lines in in regards to well, the way you-, you saw the world before all this...
1: When the lady from Baptist told me I had a 30% chance to survive, like wow. I was like, oh wow, and uh, I was accepting my mortality and uh, yeah. making peace, and and you know at that point I everything was just along for the ride. There was you know you know work told me to go on get my treatment, and so I just was show up, go you know. The way that the way that worked is I just followed the, what the doctor told me to do and kept well, on trucking. And the other thing I did is uh, I read this this book by uh, oh my friend Aaron Fisher recommended to me. It was called The Power of Now, and I want to say it's Eckhart Toll the guy that wrote mm-hmm. it. And uh, I read that book and while I was reading it, it, it reminded me of a lot of what my grandmother would say. She was like the most positive woman I knew. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I decided to try to channel her and uh, just try to be as positive as I could about it. Cause you know, if I was going to die, then you know, so be it, you know, we're, ultimately we all are. Yep. So sooner or later, you know, once I got past that and accepted that, you know, everything else was more, you know,
0: a little easier it was a little
1: easier and the the Eckhart Tolle thing was you know just trying to stay in the here and now and that's yeah. always a fight but you know
0: it is it is I've I can't separate his Eckhart Tolle from Buddhist oh it's very the, those, Buddhist yeah, yeah those kind of, of things so did you come to did you have any religious predications or predilections before Eckhart Tolle was that a oh no. hey how you doing sorry my car my left foot got a little heavy there that was my bad uh, did was that did it shake any religious foundations for you or are you kind of open to all that kind of stuff to begin with
1: it actually uh reminded me of some of my like stuff i'd learned when i was younger yeah like I, what? I went through uh when i was uh I, I grew up catholic and uh what is this nonsense then i was going to this church called Unity, which was like a non-denominational Christian church. Yeah, and it, and it was more of like they taught more of like a Buddhist philosophy. Well, they taught a very Buddhist Christian philosophy. You know that you know they were talking about
0: how you know we're gonna we're gonna take a moment. It's all good. good. It moves. I don't know what these people are doing, and I don't trust stupid people. But anyway. Yes, please I, continue. It's
1: a very, you know, I I don't know. I I have religiously I'm not a real religious person, but you know, spiritually I've, you know, I had a I've had my share of spiritual experiences. And, and uh I believe in a loving God and all that, I guess. And uh or I do, and not I guess, but uh you know, it is what it is. So I don't know. It it didn't really shake anything. It just kind of reminded me to just try to be positive and keep the open mind. And and there wasn't much point in dwelling in the negativity because it just attracts more of it. And.
0: That's good though. That's good. So those are all great revelations. I think. That's I um.
1: But yeah, put out what you want to get back. You know, it's very karmic.
0: Yeah. Yeah to expound on that a little bit. How, how do you keep that attitude in the midst of, or in the moment of 30% chance of survival? Like I know some moments are harder than others to keep your sanity. I've had a few myself, but.
1: Well, when you're laying in a hospital bed for like 20 days, it's, you know, there's a lot to think about there. And, uh, you know yeah, I could have I could have I had a choice to make and the choice was either you know I could mope and you know woe is me
0: mm-hmm.
1: or I could just you know move on past this you know if if I did something to bring that on to me forgive myself for it and and accept that this is what it is and and keep and and try and you know Again, you know, the people that were, you know, the nurses and all that, all I could do was be, you know, thankful and helpful to them and, and try to, you know, smile when they came in because there wasn't a whole lot I could do, you know, they, they'd seen me in my worst, you know, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. There wasn't any point, you I didn't, you know, it was just one of those, you know, you could either be negative or be positive about it. And like I said, I was trying to channel my grandmother and. She had this saying, you know, today is the first day of the rest of your life. So,
0: I don't mm. know. It, well, it paints a very good picture of the the same thing I believe in. You know, that uh, the truth is inevitable. So when you lay all the cards on the table, whatever is, is, you know, that hand is, is the hand that you have. And the you can freak out about it or you can sit peacefully and accept it and realize it and own it. Uh, and... Or you can freak out and and not understand or miss the compassion that that is in that vulnerability. So that's um that is a, the near perfect analogy for for what it is that I believed. <laughs> so thanks for for softballing that out there for me because that's that's awesome. I um, cool sounds
1: like we just have pretty similar beliefs.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that goes back to people that have had near-death experiences it's uh, I say that capital T truth is just the culmination of every small t truth perspective and everybody has their own perspective so if you want to find the truth you have to add up all the perspectives well there is a the glaring difference in in most perspectives for me is that hindsight's 2020, and people that have fucking died can see shit that other people just can't see or haven't seen yet and, and it's a different thing. It's not positive or negative, but it's a perspective that shows people, it showed me uh, there's a whole bunch of shit you need to not worry about. <laughs> like they're more important things. It's a very stark reminder of what is important and what isn't report important. Um, so yeah, it's something that, it's, it's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is because I, f- I felt like you could, could help share some insight into that because my incident was very much traumatic and physical and in the moment versus your incident, which is what I'm glad you expounded on of the mental battle of people telling you things that may not necessarily be you know, this long, drawn-out process. My mental illnesses couldn't handle that. My mental stability would be shot. Like, if somebody came up to you and, and said, <laughs> you are something other than what you think you are right now, and it's gonna kill you. I'm like, ah, I'd lose my goddamn mind. So good on you for keeping it together. Well, thanks. I'm still trying, so. Well, you're doing a damn good job. (laughs) Congratulations. Is there anything else that you want to make sure we include before we wander in here and tell some jokes and you do some magic?
1: I'm good, man.
0: Yeah? Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jason. Thanks for having me, Compton. Simons. Yes, sir. Like diamonds. Exactly. I'll I'll never get it wrong (laughs) again, I promise. So for everybody out there in all of the other places, we'll say goodbye accordingly. We'll turn this YouTube off. i to Zane. And uh, for all you guys in Facebook land, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Toodles. And for everybody else listening in podcast land, uh, fucking rock, man. Y'all are awesome. Thank you so much for hanging out. Until next time, truth, love, and peace.